you don't you need a strong personal it. pain point you should understand yeah. that there is a gap yeah so the gap should exactly. be there and it should be good enough for you to actually step into that but yeah it need not like most people are like hey we don't experience problems so how do we find that out i think that's right. where also the idea of like empathy comes in because you don't need to experience something to understand that it's a problem or understand right. the you know difficulty like right having that be having the ability to empathize no matter what mm-hmm. you solve right it can be something like what we are doing it can be consumer product it can be a bunch of other things but being able to understand someone else's problems without mm-hmm. need like you know needing to have faced them is is really important i feel as a founder that you need to be able to Hey everybody, welcome to yet another episode of the Undefeated Underdogs podcast. I'm your host Sharad, this time with a slightly little bass voice because I'm not <laughs> my true self. I'm going through some cold. Uh but I feel like, you know, most people who I'm talking to these days, uh, especially in the last week, they're like liking my voice. So <laughs> uh but yeah, today I have an exciting guest. Uh two reasons. One is uh you know he he's from my home country india number 2 he's he's one of the founders who's who's been killing it uh and i'm excited to introduce uh abhishek from diet welcome to the show how are you feeling uh, thanks so much sharad for having me here i think this is great to be on you know uh, on a call with you and actually be recording this i think this is a great thing that you're doing the kind of content you create is phenomenal it definitely helps a lot of people uh so i'm i'm glad to be a part of it and i think yeah you're right uh people do love that deep voice uh, the, the secret <laughs> is to stay safe you know <laughs> i think that that's how it's going to work absolutely yeah you know especially being a podcaster you have to like modulate your voices right so <laughs> thanks to my natural cold you know i'm i'm doing better now But yeah, enough about me. So, for folks who don't know about Abhishek, uh let me give you guys like a brief intro. Abhishek is the co-founder and CEO of this amazing company called Diet. So, what it does is it's basically it's a live streaming uh product where it will put the live streaming product in your product like you know with with less line of codes. It's probably like I can call it for no code for uh live streaming, right? In a way, you know. low yeah. code or no code whatever people want to call it but yeah it's built for seamlessly integration integrating uh, a video platform into your product and uh, i'm excited to actually dive in they went to yc they raised uh, 11.6 million seed round including investors from surge uh, nexus uh, which are like fundamentally i think indian uh, venture firms also shout out to Ryan Hoover for you know spotting diet and investing in them so i'm excited to dive in a little deeper and they have some exciting news as well we can which we'll cover at the end of this uh, episode but abhishek talk to me about diet so why did you end up building this is there a personal reason or is it something that you saw an opportunity or a gap tell me the back story uh right so we started close to end of 2020 right uh, this is when covid was kind of hitting mm-hmm. everyone was confined to their homes for i think almost 6 months now and mm-hmm. in fact a little more and uh, video adoption was going through the roof right and you kind of summed up what diet does precisely very well that we are a live video kind of platform where it is real time calls live streaming we let you integrate everything within you know end user products applications be it mobile mm-hmm. web across the stack right Mm-hmm. so it was not more of a personal problem directly 
So mm. there are two parts. Of it. One is that, yes, there was a huge opportunity like that. Being very frank, we did see a gap. We saw that, okay, there is a lot of video first use cases that will be created. You know, we are using a product like that right now together. So mm -hmm. things like this definitely need a very solid infrastructure, uh, mm -hmm. which is seamless, which is reliable, which is scalable, but essentially also very easy to build with, right? So mm -hmm. uh, that was one of the things that we tried out a bunch of these SDKs or, you know, APIs that were there. And we realized that they were built for video engineers at the core of it and not modern day web mobile or, you know, any kind of application developer. And the kind of audience has changed over the years. So, yes, they did a great job in building like mm -hmm. really good infrastructure. But at the end of the day, now infrastructure is table stakes. Everyone needs to have it. So you can't mm -hmm. use that as a defensibility, right? Mm -hmm. And all three of the co-founders uh, all of us like you know uh, have been coding for as long as we remember so we understood that good dev products have a very different impact on the end user and you know we wanted to build mm. a great developer experience here right so even if you go through any of the products that we built be it you know from our end user sdks to our documentation you'll see that developer experience is at the core of it right so mm -hmm. that's how we started and i said there are two parts to it the first one was this obviously the market opportunity and you know what's missing there mm -hmm. We were able to bring down like, let's say months of efforts to get a POC down to like a couple of hours. So now what mm. you did was enable people to experiment quickly, build out, ship out more things, you know, test out. So right. we basically were making live video accessible and scale, right? And that's the mission right now as well. So right. that's how we started. And the second part to it, which I said, right, like partially personal problems that we faced were We've been using video tools forever, right? Uh, in our previous jobs and all. And we felt mm -hmm. that the kind of experience that we have today that, okay, you're on a, you know, ABC software for a call. And then let's take right. interview as an example and taking an interview for a person who's about to join our team to switch mm -hmm. between that screen, a screen share, another tool for flowchart, another tool for code, and then right. try to keep track of it. So we realized that video first interactions were not essentially video first. They were just a video interaction and then everything else. All of mm -hmm. this should be seamless in a place together, right? So mm. we decided to build in a manner where you could bring those collaborative experiences right within your platform, right within the call. So interesting. like a podcast is happening right now, both of us are here. But now if this was on diet, for example, we could just share a whiteboard together, work on it together. Mm. We could share a code editor, work on it together. We could share a video together, view that right. in sync, right? Things like that. So being able to build any kind of collaborative experience because at mm. the end of the day, you get on a call because you are mm -hmm. trying to enable collaboration between people, right? Be it one-on-one, -on -one, be it a group collaboration or one-to-many. Right. And that is what we thought was also missing on the personal front. And that's why we were like, you know what? We would want to build a product like that. And we realized there was nothing there to build products like this, which basically is something we wanted to unlock as a second stage, right? One, make video accessible. Second, make video better in terms of the kind of experiences you build around video. I love it so much. Uh, for a couple reasons. One is, so this is slightly a, a, a different type of story I hear, which is a lot of, lot many founders I, I talk to, they start something of their own problem, right? They're facing a problem. Uh, and I, I also, you know, spoke to many founders who are like you, which is like, you see an opportunity and you, you know, penetrate into the market. So my curiosity is what was your drive? Like, how did you especially during the COVID times, you know, end of 2020 was like still uncertain. People are losing jobs, markets being like, you know, 
pretty crazy how did you like feel like okay i have this conviction or with your team with your co-founders that let's do it like this is where so sometimes personal problem you're solving for yourself you'll be your own customer you'll be like understanding the problems you have that that weird conviction but for people like you who saw a market opportunity how did you like even take step 1 to step 2 step 3 so okay some background there right i have known my co-founders through college so you know uh, kushagra and palash i have worked with them throughout college so kushagra was my batchmate uh, we were in the same hostel together and then same technical chapter called csi the computer society of india at college and both of mm-hmm. us served on the board together palash mm-hmm. was two years junior i met him there right um mm-hmm. in his first year the like you know the first time we met during that summer break we all actually stayed at my house for one and a half months we built on something which back now i look at it i to call it a project but back then i would say that okay yeah it was the idea of oh, we'll start something together mm-hmm. so for me i always knew the people i wanted to start up with right like that was kind of set in my brain because i have worked with them throughout college had that comfort with them we mm. built a lot of products together one hackathons done a, done a lot of work right from you know projects to mm-hmm. hackathons to actually leading a chapter so that was set right <clears throat> so one of the things was very sure there right uh, the other part is this is 2020 and i think everyone was bored <laughs> sitting at home and you know people were just kind of getting done with the kind of work and not being able to do anything else right and we saw this opportunity which was like a glaring problem right mm. there so i used to essentially call these folks every 6 7 months right hey this is something mm. that we can work on right and i think for whatever reason you know be it the fact that at some point palash was still in college and you know kushal <laughs> had a different set of things that he was working on and i was also like you know hey this is a cool idea but not sure how to go about it so we mm. never took any action on it right but this time what had happened was one we actually saw that there was genuinely a bad problem like we used other products and we realized that okay this is so bad that we want to inherently the first instinct for us was that let's build a better version right mm. for us to become the users as well we wanted to build a better version mm. if you remember i told you right we wanted to bring the video experiences in one place build something mm-hmm. like that you needed a video api and sdk right and we mm-hmm. tried working and we were like it's just much better if we build our own and mm. you know serve ourselves so we would have essentially become our own customers had we just launched a standalone product but we decided that right. this is a better way for us to go the mm. other part was that we always discussed that the reasons for us to start up and the kind of things that we want to do right were one we wanted to build a kickass product right uh, we had conviction that this is something that we can do uh, here mm. right we know that it's a hard challenge that will be fun it will be interesting we'll have to learn everything from scratch none of us have a background in video to be fair uh, right. I, i had a background in video now we do but we did not <laughs> right and for us it was right. like it seems like a challenging problem it's fun it's interesting to solve for mm. it's something that actually will be used at scale right like that was always why mm. we we are live examples of it right now absolutely and we wanted to build like a place where we want to go and you know work every day right which all these things could have only come if we started something we truly felt was one scalable second we would enjoy solving and third hire the right people right and mm. these these were the things that felt like we can do it uh, and the second mm. part for us risk in our mind okay this is how i rationalize that internally is that at the age we are so 
I was, I think, 23 when we started, right? Uh, back in 2020. So I was 23 That's when we started. Me, to me, you're a baby. <laughs> exactly, right? So you're, you're I don't look... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't look young anymore because, I mean, yeah, startup ages, that's one thing I would give as a, you know, FYI to everyone who's planning to start up. But, yeah, so what I was saying was that you're 23, you probably don't have a lot of responsibilities that, you know, crush you immediately to a level mm -hmm. where you can't take, let's say, risk for a short period, right? Um, now, that short period can still be a couple of months, a quarter, whatever, right? So what we did was we decided that we will give ourselves ABC time and then work on this. And we have to achieve conviction by either getting customers, by getting some kind of funding, some sort of validation, which is external than the fact that we believe in it. And yeah, some sort of milestone. Right. Yep. And that's, that's like, you know, surprise was like, okay, YC happened, right? And uh, we'll come to that part later, I think, towards, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as we yeah. move forward. But what happened was that that is how we started that, Worst case, mm -hmm. we lose out maybe like three months, four months uh, in, yeah. in salary. And that's fair. And we can survive without that. Mm -hmm. And the belief that, you know, as much as the market is turbulent, we had that faith in ourselves that worst case, we can always get a job back. Like not the same month, yeah, probably, but a job, right? Might be at yeah. a lower level, might be not at the same pay, whatever that is. But we won't right. end up unemployed, right? That conviction, we still have to let right? Worst case, what's going to happen is that we can get right. a job. It might not be the best job. Might not be the one we want, but if we need it, we can still get it today. Like that conviction we had in ourselves as well. See, that's the, I feel that's the most important mindset founders should carry, uh, which is you literally have nothing to lose. Trying yeah, is yeah. the best thing that you can do, which, you know, whatever it is, right? Whatever problem you pick. And in your case, what's fascinating to me is that, uh, A, you know, you saw, you saw the opportunity and, even though it's kind of not troubling you, you said yourself, like, uh, you don't have the video, you know, building background, A, and you're not your own customer, B. But I think what drove you, uh, and which is fascinating to me, is like people, right? Like, okay, I'm, I'm getting this opportunity to work with a couple of my friends, and it's fun. It's fun. And I think that too played a massive role, in my opinion, uh, after like listening to you which I think is very unconventional. Like people right now at, we, the, at the stage we are in, everybody is craving for numbers, right? Like you have to make progress. You have to show like the, the actual gap exists and you solved it, like, you know, all that. So that's, that's fascinating. Also, I want to, I want to ask this, how did you go about like, so one thing before we go in there, did you actually resign like everything or like like quit all your jobs and then you moved full time before even YC happened? Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. So uh, okay, there's, there's also some more context there. I'll I'll come to that, but I do want to like also add on to what you just said that we were not our customers on day zero, but the way we built mm -hmm. it is that we want to be proud of using our own product because as a team of developers, say, uh, in a team of 50 plus, we are 40 plus developers today, right? So mm. we are a dev heavy team because we are a pure infrastructure product and, you know, we're building mm -hmm. a hardcore dev tool. So we want to be proud of the product that we would love to use it, right? So I wouldn't say that you're not your customer. You are, but you're essentially not solving for a pain that you face because, uh, I mean, let's yeah. be honest, 
they might have yeah. experienced some point that they wanted to have integrated video and ABC product, most of our team, but most of them don't have that. Okay, we were dying to not be able to integrate video, right? Like that's not something you hear. But yeah, absolutely that. It's something that we've had a strong conviction on based on a bunch of other factors. Exactly. Well. So that, that, that is my point too. Like you don't need uh, like a, like a strong pain, po- pain point, you know, is what I'm about to convey is you don't you need a strong personal it. pain point. You should understand yeah. that there is a gap. Yeah. So the gap should exactly. be there and it should be good enough for you to actually step into that. But yeah, it need not like most people are like, Hey, we don't experience problems. So how do we find that out? I think that's right. where also the idea of like empathy comes in because you don't need to experience something to understand that it's a problem or understand right. the, you know, difficulty, like, Right. Having that, be having the ability to empathize, no matter what mm-hmm. you're solving, right? it can be something like what we are doing, it can be consumer product, it can be a bunch of other things, but being able to understand someone else's problems without mm-hmm. need, like, you know, needing to have faced them is, is really important, I feel, as a founder that you need to be able to. It's what I call educated guess. You don't yeah. have to have the yeah. problem, but you have... Uh, an understanding and empathy towards that problem so much that you can literally see through it. Like, okay, I see yeah. like, you know, if I solve this, there is like an, like an intangible uh, outcome that can happen. Right. So that kind of educated guess is something founders should also encounter. I'm, when I'm telling this to you, I'm actually talking to myself as well, because, you know, sometimes I feel I've, you know, fall into the trap of if I get an idea, do I even have this problem? I'm yeah. like, if I don't, I'm like, you know what? I don't, I won't have that drive. Let's see. Let's even not pursue it. But in your, uh, in your case, which is kind of like fascinating. That's why I'm telling, to, I'm telling this to myself. You don't have to have a problem if you have an educated understanding and guess towards like, but you know, you should have a way to mm-hmm. drive, right? Like, so for us, the drive was, as I said, right, the team and the kind of product that we want to build, as I said, right, like for us. Building a great product that we would be proud of using is something which I would say is still a very big driving factor for us, right? Uh, that's why we don't have to micromanage and tell people that, hey, this is what you right. should do. People see that, okay, this is something that can be done better. And then they do it. And then they come back that, hey, I changed this because it's needed. And that's also a reason that we were able to build a very good part of the product based on our hypothesis, building mm-hmm. it out. And then, you know, people just loving it and picking it up from there. Right. So I think okay. that's, that's definitely there. Yeah. So uh, let's switch gears a little bit. So you got the idea, you found your co-founders, you were like, you know, you achieved that conviction, all that's good. Like what was like the first MVP looked like and how did you go about finding the first customer or, you know, where did you find that? Okay, this is in 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 the four walls we've built. Now this should go out, right? Like when did you ship your first ever MVP? Uh, what was like that experience? Uh, okay, so I think this is uh, when we started, right? I had told you that we were thinking of building uh, end user application as well to, you know, showcase the capabilities. And I think we today have that as well. So if you head over to demo.net.io, you'll -hmm. see that you can play around with our hosted version of an SDK that how it will be if you just integrate it, right? You Mm -hmm. can play around with features. So uh, we realized that if we build infrastructure today, no one's going to trust a startup, obviously. Like if I go and come to you and like, hey, we are a three people company or a five people company with two interns, 
use our sdk which is like a month old no one no one's really gonna do that but if we create an easy to use video calling tool when people mm. need video calling make it absolutely mm. seamless that definitely is something people will start using right and mm. for you to test scale you need people to use it you don't need end paying customers to use it you need people to just use it right so right. what we did was when we applied for yc by the way right and this timeline coincides that i think i this is something that i like keep telling myself and reminding myself and the team is that if you don't try something the answer is a 100% no right like people say that 99.99% startups fail and i agree that they do but mm-hmm. you know what fails 100% of the time not starting a startup i mean there yep. is nothing that's going to happen so i do strongly believe that if you can try something out you should and uh, obviously there are there's a very detailed framework on like how you go about evaluating the pros and cons but the the base idea is that it does not you know how trying and you should like keep trying things so what i did early on was that while we were building this out mvp and everything we started by building a single page which was like a one click video tool that hey click to start a meeting send an invite to a friend they can join it no sign up hmm. needed no nothing is it is it right. kind of like a zoom thing yeah no so way? like think of it like a zoom but on a web and uh, no sign up needed works across right. mobile browser normal web browser nice. just go to uh-huh. you know, app.dai.io and start a meeting and that's it that's right good. so right. um people use that as well i think if i dig deep into our twitter we'll find screenshots of that as well but nice <laughs> what we did was we were building that and i started filling the yc application as well right in parallel uh-huh. now we knew that okay it's been like what a couple of weeks since we were building how do we even get in but hmm. we did right and that's what like it was wow, it was a pivotal moment yeah can you, we, can you elaborate that journey because i thought in my opinion uh, a lot many founders and even startups they get the idea they build an mvp they have to have some traction or achieve some traction and they apply to yc that's like the traditional path i usually like you know uh, no but yeah would love to know how you went to yc from 0 to 1 so as i was saying right like we were building the mvp and i was filling the application together right then we shipped out the first version of the video calling tool right and we just publicized it within our friends and circle and you know here and there and people used it right in a f- in the first week or something we had like couple thousand users who did meetings nice. and i think it's because right. it was so seamless people were just sharing links and you know this network effect starts like you use a meeting right. you send it to someone and then they see it and then they use it with their friends and right we're like great that's happening we made our entire pitch for the yc application around that that we already in a such a short short span have built the this thing mm. and shipped it out plus we have people using and the key highlighting part here that we wanted to make sure like uh, is, is you know shown across is that it's our in-house infrastructure that people are using and it's you know managing mm. this load at such a short mvp and that's what we can scale because the conviction that people needed to have in us was that these 20 year old some things will be able to build a video infrastructure which is like still one of the tough problems mm-hmm. today right so yeah complex problems and that's the conviction that we had to do so you have to understand that you have to know what you want to pitch right so our pitch to yc was never that hey this is a product that has so many users that you know it's obvious mm. i mean video was a growing use case that was obvious right like to everyone there you saw so many tools yeah. across video come you don't have to not talking about how many stuff so we didn't have to do that new use cases coming on video was there mm-hmm. so enabling that was becoming like became a but natural thing to do right and that's something that our application contained 
Hmm. Us having the vision of how this can expand into things, right? Like we went from like a real-time video to doing a bunch of other things. We also have few more products planned out this you know year by the year, and you'll see a lot more happening there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was there. The kind of backstory about founders knowing each other, being able to work, all of that, right? So, and plus, YC clearly says that they do give you a chance even on an idea, right? They claim to fund you on an idea. So, I mean, why mm. not try it out, right? You don't mm. necessarily need a product. You need to have a way that you can show that you are the best fit. Because here's a fun fact: almost majority of YC startups that go in end up pivoting during the batch. So mm. they were never evaluating just your idea. They were evaluating the framework. They were evaluating the team. They were evaluating the capability, right? Because mm. let's be fair: even if I had like a couple thousand users versus having an early stage of it. For mm-hmm. me, being very frank, that's kind of a similar stage as long as I know that the team can execute, right? Because even if, let's say, we had like, you know, instead of 1,000, we had 10,000 people sign up, that still is not meaningful enough as a company, you know, growth number when you have to compete with a platform like Zoom, which has like multi-million users and multi-million calls happening a day. So mm. that 10,000 was not going to make a difference. It was mm-hmm. the other thing else behind it. And that's why I think we also got it. And uh, I do always believe that there's a huge factor of luck, but as they say, right, fortune favors the brave. So you you got to try, right? And that's what I think was also to answer your other part of the question about early customers. Got into YC, there was a your story article on us about, you know, hey, one of the startups that got into YC. People saw our product, they used it, and they were like, hey, you claim to have this infrastructure in-house, you have a wait list, we would like to actually sign mm-hmm. up on that. That's how we knew that, okay, this is a genuine problem. They're using one of our competition. Um, they've been mm. on production and they still want to use a startup, which is like barely a couple months old. Just and people it, are yeah. talking that, hey, we want to be the beta customers. Like, screw it. We're not waiting till you launch a proper production-ready version. Mm-hmm. We are happy to be beta customers, right? That's right. how it got like accelerated, uh, you know, during and post-YC as well. That's so fascinating, Abhishek. I think uh, it, it kind of... I felt like it's scripted <laughs> and in a way that it's so it's so authentic. It happened like naturally. So I feel like most of the startups that become successful, uh, all these problems and the uh, the explorations happen very organically. Talk to me about like uh, <clears throat> when you applied for YC, what was your mindset is like? Uh, you are like, like you said, 20 year old doing this for the first time. You, you have like a work in progress MVP. Yeah, what's going on in your mind? So, okay. Um, my, my co-founders, to be fair, at that point were like, you know, you're wasting your time. And I was like, don't worry. I'll do it outside everything that I have to do. Finish it and do it. <laughs> and and I, I would say like, if I have to think from very rational per- person's point of view, they were not wrong. Uh, but as mm-hmm. I said, like I do have a little bit more of an optimistic behavior, but like not unrealistic mm-hmm. optimism, right? So, mm-hmm. One was that what's there to lose, right? Uh, obviously, you always have that when you're writing the application. To be fair, when you're doing filling it, it's great. You don't really worry about it. You're like, hey, I want to do this properly. Also, you know, YC application is a very good way to refine your thoughts, right? Like I do recommend this to founders who are starting. When you have an idea, go fill out that application, right? Don't, don't You don't mm. need to submit it, but keep filling it up every time you're thinking about the idea because the kind of questions it asks you basically are hard questions that you need to answer uh, while you're thinking through something. Thought-provoking questions which will keep you like, you know, iterating in your mind. Mm -hmm. And you should, right? And that iteration definitely helps, right? Um, So that's what it is while doing it, right? 
Now, what happens is the moment you submit the application, there's this mm. sudden that one percent chance is what you now get. You know, stuck on that. Hey, I'm hanging <laughs> on to that one percent. That I know it's not going to happen, but I really want it to happen. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, let, let's be fair. I, it's yeah. very easy for people to say, "Hey, don't expect anything and move on." But somewhere, no matter how how practical you are as a person and how much you can detach yourself from the emotion of risk reward and everything else, and you know, right. you believe in that. Hey, let's get do our part and let everything flow naturally. It's right. human to actually worry about the results, right? And that will happen, right? Mm-hmm. So that part was there, that was existed, and that did bug here and there. But the thing is, you can't do anything about it. So obviously, you keep building, right? So you accept we, it. Like it is. We as, it is what it is. But we assume that we are going to get in, and we set deadlines internally for other parts. Ah, okay. Right. Because we are like, okay, uh, if we do get in, great. If we uh-huh. don't get in, great. I mean, we are working in a much faster <laughs> pace because we have deadlines to stick to. Right. Um, so we put stricter deadlines. And then there was this mail that came, which was like, hey, you have an interview. That's when I would say that 1% went like beamingly up. And now you actually start getting more worried because before that <laughs> you had you had just assumed it's not happening, right? And there's, right. <laughs> now there's this, you know, I, I'm showing you like a dangling this thing that, hey, there's a carrot here at the, right, the, right. At the end of the tunnel that there's something that, that you, you right. can look forward to. Uh-huh. And then we started doing more that we're like, hey, you know, we have to do this in a very efficient manner. And the interview is like nothing uh, I've ever seen it, even till it after doing everything. We've gone through a lot of things from, you know, hiring or team building, raising, everything. But that that interview is still something that I remember very vividly. It's mm. 10 minutes. There's not mm-hmm. a hi, hello, how are you? What's your name? I am ABC. There's five no people. Nothing. They just, mm-hmm. so the call started, right? Uh, we had a couple of people, uh, you know, who also eventually became our group partners, few of them. But there were like mm-hmm. five people. Um, our interview was at 3.30 in the night. So, I mean, most people wow. recommend that you sleep. Yeah, yeah. Because it's US, yeah, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and most people are like, yeah, you should sleep through it and everything. And yeah, none of us were actually sleeping. Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's be fair. Um, you start and they're just like, what are you building? And right. it just starts and that's the shortest 10 minutes of your life. Because you don't right. know when it starts and when it ends. So what happens is we had a very candid interview. We had a few things that we, anyway, as people believe, right? Don't bullshit be very open, give to the point answers, don't beat around the bush. If it's a yes, it's a yes. If it's a no, it's a no. If you don't know, say, I don't. I mean, you're not God, you're not going to know everything, Mm -hmm. right? So it's important to know what you don't know. I think like, you know, know, that's really important for anyone as a person to grow, not just founder, right? Uh, And uh, that sense of clarity is important, especially if you're starting to build a company. So I think Mm -hmm. we started off like that and that went over and somewhere during the interview, we actually had tried to this so this interview happens on a zoom which is like a link where people are waiting and it's all set up right because they have back-to-back interviews we actually had reached out to yc and asked them that hey can we do this so that's every demo that we do till date is always done on a diet platform right uh mm. so at times we even customize it and everything, right? Every call that we do till date is done on a direct platform. We don't use a third party. And even if someone does send a link, yeah. we you end up like just sharing a link. Food. Exactly, yeah. right? 
So what happened was we requested and they said, hey, our process is so set that it will just be a logistical nightmare to do this. But you can mm. tell them about the demo during the call. So what we did was during the call, we actually told them that we wanted to do this. The team said it's a logistical nightmare, but mm. we have a demo here and we had an oh. a page. So what we did was we right after the interview, we waited. And then a couple minutes later, we see like five people visiting it from US and we kind of knew it was them. So right. that's when we were like, okay, yeah, that gives some mental comfort that they did check out the product and we know mm. that the product works and they know the mm. time frame that we have built it in is not, not like as much as you would expect for that's a product. Impressive. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, I think then two of my co-founders ended up sleeping. Um, <laughs> they were exhausted. Oh, man. Like, uh, I, I think, yeah. You didn't sleep. Uh, so I, I, I could not like, let's say that I, I, <laughs> I could not, I, I think for me, uh, it's really tricky to just be like, yeah, it's done. And then like, you know, let, let it be. So I, I was not able to, because what happens is the way it works is in the next couple of hours, like probably like the next 12 hours, they say yes or no. either you get a phone call from them saying that, Hey, you are selected or you get an email saying you're rejected with some reasons. Right. Oh. So. If you don't get a call, you know that, okay, you're not selected. Right. And then somewhere around, I think 7.38 in the morning, I got a call from Michael Siebel on my phone. Uh, I was wow. half, like, almost there. When I picked up, it was like, you know, your heart's racing and everything. And then he's like, hey, this is Michael, how are you doing? And I'm like, great, haven't slept in the last, you know, couple of hours. And like, yeah, you should go sleep now because you're in. And yeah, that, wow. that's how it went. It, it, it was like literally out of a movie where, as you said, right, scripted, I think. If I have to direct that scene, I can do that very well. And it'll be a great cinematic <laughs> scene because it was a great cinematic experience. Wow, man. I, I got goosebumps, you know, what are you yeah. doing this? I, I've never had like uh, such a, such an intense, like, you know, back to back storytelling moment in this podcast. Of course, man, that was wild. And, yeah. you know, like kudos to you for, for being persistent, consistent and, you know, trying right like i love that mindset you know I'm trying to incorporate in myself as well winning succeeding you can't control they're like why is he giving you a call back is something you can't be michael siebel the next day or the next hour after the demo it's you being giving your best and cre being creative at that spot like doing the demo thing and it's so irony that you know you're going on a video platform which you're building a better version right so that all gives you like so much confidence. And when you are narrating, I, it almost felt like, uh, like the 2010, like Dhoni hitting that six yeah. in the World Cup, right? I was like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going yeah, so, yeah. so intense. And I'm so happy. I'm so glad that, you know, you guys made it. It's, you know, you're making like a lot of other founders walk in your steps, following your curiosity and whatnot. So, Man, that was an intense, uh, intense experience. I, I would probably like maybe offline we'd, we'll go uh, like deeper into the conversation, but I want to move on because of the podcast. Yeah. So the YC happened in any pivotal lessons you learned from YC that you want to share? Okay, so I'll tell you that I think the, the duration that we were in YC was still one of the most productive and, you know, the most fast paced duration that we like, you know, time frame that we were in. And I feel there is a couple of things, right? One is have a circle of trust, have a peer, bunch of peers that you're working together with. Because 
what YC does is um, they don't like mentor you. So Indians have this mindset of school mentoring, right? Where there's someone sitting on top mm-hmm. of your head and chasing yeah. you down. And, feeding, uh, right. And that's not there, right? And that's great. But what happens is you automatically come into that mode because you see people around you. There are people who are on ideas. There are people who are like much ahead in the journey. And all of you have that same three months together. And then you have this thing called demo day where you have to pitch and right. try to compete amongst each other. So there's this healthy sort of competition because right. everyone helps each other. And then there are people who also want to like chase more things because let's say someone who's starting out like us very early phase versus someone who's a little bit further ahead in the journey. There's obviously an advantage there, right? So you have to figure out how you want to tackle that. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Second, uh, when I said that, you know, build your circle of trust, the idea is that as founders, I think we were discussing this offline as well, that you might not have the answers to most problems that you're facing because it's an individual journey, but there are also common things that most people face, right? From mm. uh, how to get the first customers to like basic yeah. steps of doing cold outreach to like hiring first people, how right. to evaluate ABC. There are right. so many things that are common that people don't realize that mm. when you have this circle, there's this help network that basically you can tap into whenever you need it. And again, when I say that, you know, it's a network you can tap into, you should also be available because that's how it works, right? It's mutually making sure that everyone is helping each other. So that's the other part that, you know, I think YC, like, you know, from that community angle, when they say there's a family, YC family, Mm -hmm. it, it helps with all these things, right? That's the other part of it. Third is holding yourself accountable in ways that work for you, right? Uh, so there was something mm-hmm. called founder officers, which were purely founders talking to each other, you know, every two weeks where they would discuss or, you know, every week, how frequently you wanted to do it, that, hey, this is what we had planned for last week. This is what happened. This is where we got stuck. This is where we need help. This is what worked out. This is what did not, right? Things like that definitely build a good habit of, you know, keeping yourself and things in check. So I think that's a good way to go about it, uh, even in the long run. And, uh, you know, essentially knowing that, uh, I mean, that, that hard truth that most of us in that group will actually not make it and mm. understanding that there are thousands of ways to kill a startup. Uh, don't do it the way someone has already done. Right. So YC has this thing called dying a unique death. They're like, I mean, we see mm. this very often where startups do the same mistakes again and again and fail the same way. And. I mean, right. don't do that. If you're going to die, die a unique death so that at least you become a case mm. study for others. Right? Don't right. do not do the same stupid mistakes. So I think that definitely helps when you're there, right? That you know mm. that, okay, these are the things that we can avoid. These are the things that we should not do. Uh, besides that, the tag, right? Um, I think just the YC tag puts you on yeah, the map. I mean, right. think about it. We had no background in the industry. We did not know people. We had no network. So for us, fundraising would have been a drastic, like a huge mm. nightmare, you know, and a drastically uphill task. But with YC, it just leveled the playing field. Now mm. it's going to be more product first conversation, more about everything right. else than, hey, who are you as well, right? So I think right. that definitely was a big factor that there was this stamp of approval, if you want to call it that. Think of it like an Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. Yep. It's it's getting that credential, right? Like, uh, yep. it helps. It helps massively. It differentiates you from someone who is, you know, trying the same thing, uh, making to the run. So, uh, so in a way, YC became your early believers, you know? They, yeah, yeah. They're a set of people. Absolutely. And it's it's fascinating to hear that because a lot, for a lot many founders, early believers are, 
either family or like you know some some folks they know like friends and you know some coworkers so and friends and family were a part of like early believers before YC because uh, if we did not have the support from family we probably could not have just been like yeah yeah it's fine let's just quit it and everything right if we did not have supportive friends we probably would have like double guessed everything um, way too many times right um, we would not have been able to test a lot of things there were like so many people involved in just helping us do demo calls for that matter right because how many will you do between the three of us so mm. that yes but when i say from an external perspective right like these are your close group they'll always support you right and believe in you but yeah so when i say view, i think i have to define the early believers i feel like friends family they you know some unconditionally support you no matter what you do uh sometimes it's it's kind of like a false signal to me especially because they just want you to win no matter what you're doing and if you're doing yeah. the wrong thing that's like you know that's not going to help but what i mean by early believers uh in a sense that they believed in the conviction you had right yeah. and i feel yeah. like from a product standpoint or a market gap standpoint or even like you know going in the long run like how are you going to change the game so i feel those are those people are like probably like you know the best you know i think a better can... way to put it is like if i go in the market and tell you that hey i am backed by my parents my mom believes in me versus hey we're right. backed by yc yc believes in us there's there's right. two different things <laughs> so yes yeah, yeah so yeah that's why i said like you know from a external point where actual validation would matter right, uh, right. there's support and then there's validation there's like a strong belief and you know putting your money where your mouth is um all of those things yes yc was the first one mm-hmm. to do it so you you had this uh video calling like a uh, simple one click product you went to ic what what happened there did you did you pivot or you still were in the same like mission and the th- same thing that you like pitch yc or what did they suggest so okay we always knew that we do want to do infrastructure right that was obviously right. the end goal uh we were building this to get more users to get more conviction to you know basically scale in a manner where we can right then when we got into ic i think that helped with the things what i told you right like we got our early customers we essentially unwrapped things over a weekend which ideally were at least 6 months down the line where we were like hey 6 months later we're going to make this into proper you know api with docs and everything out there mm-hmm. that all we ended up opening up everything over a weekend because we were like people are asking for it right now then why wait 6 months right so yeah, we never we're going to do the end product as a end like you know as the platform uh, and i don't think it's a smart move to build a end customer product as well as the infrastructure because then you become cannibalistic in nature right like let's say tomorrow mm-hmm. you launch something with diet and we feel that hey it's a great feature we let like keep adding it to our platform right and mm-hmm. it's just not healthy it's not really comforting to know uh, as an end customer especially as a developer or you know as a early pm who you're thinking of something you're building something and then that just gets absorbed into the entity you're building on top of i don't think that's a great feeling and not going to name people but or companies right. but that's a very cannibalistic behavior and i think that's not something that we wanted to do and even you know bring that into question when we had conversation so i would say that we were sure that we wanted to do this we had to take a call during yc and we took that call early on because of both the conviction that hey decide and stick to it rather mm-hmm. you know pushing it out by hey once we reach this maturity that's when we'll expose our product mm-hmm. um, 
which is a very good advice in the early days. I think you will never find your product perfect and you will always find excuses. Yeah. For, uh, reasons to like delay pushing it, delay mm-hmm. shipping it. Um, so in early days, you need to keep shipping faster. Uh, I think as your company matures, as your product matures, you can't just keep shipping everything and anything. But with new features, you should always ship fast, uh, get feedback and like iterate fast, I would say. Right. Um, so that those things, I think, definitely got pushed and we were able to like move to the API first thing very quickly rather than waiting out, uh, you know, in the next few months. So you dropped the the the, the video thing, the video calling thing, and you quickly moved to the API. And when you got the first customers, uh, were you building around them or were you building again with the conviction that, hey, this is probably, for example, the end user dashboard. Take, an, take that as an example, right? Did some folks who didn't ask. So were you planning, what was your mindset from a product standpoint? Like, how did you prioritize people who are asking? Of course, you have to do that as well as showing like promising features which will also move the needle so early on we've always built what a customer wanted very early on right because when you don't have customers it's easy to say hey stick to a roadmap i mean you have no customers what is the roadmap right and if you have a customer that's willing to use you with a few changes you should but there's always that call to be made about how much of a diversion is that from our actual long-term product how we envision right so we obviously have a vision of how our product looks right um at the end of the day if it's a slight let's say you know diversion and it goes and essentially converges to the same point great it's a no-brainer yes if it's a completely different direction probably not the best call to do it right so um people often give you a blanket statement that hey you know listen to your customer and then customers are not always right and uh there's this two Parts like people who believe yeah. A and B, and I think it's never an A and B question, right? It's not a you know black and white situation. So you right. have to take that call for yourself about one how important that customer is for you. Second, how much of a negative impact that might have if you digress from your path that you had planned, right? And mm-hmm. third, uh, if you decide to stick on it, what's the drawback that you get, right? How how much of a setback is it going to be? Let's say if you delay it by a couple of months, be it a go live for a customer, be it a new feature, be it whatever. Right. Right. So that's how we have always evaluated, but we've been lucky that way that, as I said, I told you earlier on that we want to be able to use our product and be happy about it. So we know that, okay, naturally, these are a bunch of things that come into it. Right. So so base level was always very dev first was always easy to set up for us. Now, when you come to features, right, there are use cases, like let's say telehealth has a different set of use cases. EdTech has a different set of use cases. Sure. There, yes, features got prioritized on the kind of customers we were getting. So. That definitely works. But the point there is that we knew the features we should build and we would propose. And then luckily for us, it kept fitting, you know, hitting the mark every time that, hey, this is what we're thinking about it. How do you, you know, like it? So when we even do our customer calls, so the other part there is that we don't have a layer of PMs doing it, right? It was always founders doing it directly for the longest time. Still like two of us are involved actively in almost every customer convo that major customer convo product is Mm -hmm. one part but like direct customer feedback to us second we did not have a middle layer of like product managers per se and we still don't we Mm. have our dev team directly work with customers in a manner where the feedback Mm. is so tight so you will see our client groups have our engineers who work on the product directly right there's no support engineer per se who's just there for 
very early hey you know we're looking into that we don't do that right we still don't right. do that at our scale uh, and we hoping to not be like moving away from this method as long as we can yeah, it, this is obviously not scalable after a certain point but we've been able to do processes around it that makes us has made it last till now and hopefully will work in the future so those kind of things right one understanding your customer really well second being able to have those convos where that direct feedback comes into loop all of that definitely helped us like choose the right features and even today like what to launch why to launch uh, mm, you know yeah, what are the features what are the products that should be prioritized yeah couple of things i want to unpack one is uh, the 11.6 million dollar seed round uh, after yc and product market fit so let's talk about the the product market fit first uh, did you guys do anything different in achieving it or like what 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 were your signs like okay people are like okay craving for it there is word of mouth spreading there are more customers coming inbound not outbound uh, like people are signing up naturally organically what was like the signs so i think okay there's a slightly misguided notion on product market fit right and what i mean by that is people often talk about the things that you just said hey there are more inbound you know right so a couple of counterpoints there right um, let's say you're building a product like us this is not a problem statement that people are looking for at scale right that sure. your inbound heavy will be on day zero second for inbound to actually work you need to have a brand awareness it's never mm-hmm. a product market fit thing right like we have crazy inbound today but i wouldn't say it's just because of the problem yes all of that does play into role but it's also because we put so much effort in content marketing we have done so much thing like so many activities to build a brand awareness a presence a certain image reputation all of that right so i think mm. all of that comes into play right so it's not a never a blanket statement that hey uh, just because people are coming inbound uh, versus if there is a product like let's say callingly today i mean it will mm. naturally have an inherent network effect built in because the moment i share a link to you you experience mm-hmm. the product right mm-hmm. a product like ours is not like that think about it let's say you know riverside had diet embedded you as an end user would never even know that it's diet so for products like us that natural discovery is slightly challenging and tricky right second it's not a product that every developer is looking for every single day it's not like the search queries is not through the roof so you have to have different ways to do it right and i'll i'll cover those as well but i think one of the things is very straightforward answers you know when you know right like you kind of know that things are working i mean you you as yeah. a person know if things are going well and that's one good early indicator i wouldn't say like do everything on that because then 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 you're just neglecting data but to be fair your gut feeling is accurately right like in in most of these mm. early situations where you know that oh, okay things are working in the right direction versus things are not right second is the kind of love that you get from customers right growing mm. customers is the second part to it that's also a growth problem on discoverability a brand name sales marketing maybe you you don't have enough people to serve you um, you know the kind of demand but the kind of love that customers give early on right so for example as i mentioned right there were people who were on like production with other providers for like 8 months a year and they wanted to move to a beta version that mm. kind of answered that hey, there is a genuine problem so before a pmf which is your product market fit there is another pmf that you should look at is like a problem market fit that there is a problem mm. that actually exists and mm. these were signs for that and then when they used us 
and they stuck with us even after being a beta and you know that when we say that it's mm. a couple month old beta like you know maybe three four what a few months old beta product you know that mm. there will be problems and after that also like they retain through throughout right so that's great so that's another mm. sign that there is that strong customer love that they want you to keep getting better and they are happy to be a part of that process right, right. third is understanding like you know those basic things about if you remove this product how much would their life be impacted and uh, mm. again tricky to answer in our situation but yes uh, that was a good sign that people would not be happy right uh, fourth is willingness to pay uh, you should see if people are willing to pay for you right uh, pricing in itself is a very different uh, topic and it's a very like long topic we can talk about but overall there should be a way for them to find value enough to be able to pay for that value right, right? Uh, however that is so those signs i would say are good signs to look at but then every different kind of product has a different way to evaluate a pmf versus you know what is it that's going to make you stick out and i think mm-hmm. pmf is a constant battle so early stage mm-hmm. you validate the idea early adoption of it then you add on new features you see which one of them has like a pmf per se and you know right, then right. you ship out new products you have to see which one so i think it's always a journey that keeps happening it's a recurring thing it's about what stage you are at and what pmf looks at that stage right the kind mm. of things you talked about probably not pmf at an idea stage but definitely pmf at like an mvp stage today right. pmf would be a very different definition it would be things like hey will the customer like it or not like how much right. revenue becomes a part of it things like that right so that right. is a very differential uh, definition that keeps changing and you have to define what actually pmf is for you um, in a manner that you can quantify it objectively rather than just saying that hey yeah we're kind of figuring it out yeah. Next, I, I I like what you said about figuring out problem market fit first before going product market fit. I think like and I keep hearing from founders the same thing. PMF product market fit is like a constant thing that happens to like you know for every every stage of a startup. Like because startups evolve, and once they new, launch some new things, of course they have to find. the fit again with their customers and what not so it will be like not an uphill battle because they've done so much in the past but it'll still be like a like a thing you have to like figure out so no, in I, fact I like, it will be an uphill battle to be fair because the things that you have to ch- face now are different so right every stage will have new challenges right so right. that is definitely like i would never say that hey uh, it'll get easier person but it will change the the battle hmm. will change depends on what you are best suited for maybe you are someone who comes from the kind of experience that when you're doing that growth part it's a smooth ride for you versus let's say you are more of an innovator first kind of person so the ideation part becomes easy right maybe you are a fast builder the mvp part becomes easy so depending on the kind of person and you know the kind of team the kind of personalities every founder or the early team has it right. might be different level of complexities for each stage but yeah it'll always be a new challenge for you that's yeah absolutely of right course. and to uh, one more thing i want to add uh, i slightly disagree what you said about diet being uh, not a viral product meaning people won't discover uh, because take riverside is the end customer using it i am a podcast host i don't even know what sdk you know riverside is using for example the reason is you can do a lot of growth hacks using your your sdk itself like building these micro mini saas type products 
which will help like you know people like get that viral effect right so i think we should chat a couple months later because i think you'll like what we have in plan yeah uh, see that's what i'm saying i feel like there is a lot of opportunity people uh, founders which i i advise founders to focus on the growth piece using your own product instead of doing the traditional marketing seo type of a thing because these products they really help you scale like you know and i think absolutely so i think i'll, I'll add to what you said right like uh, uh when i said that you know not a inherently viral product i meant it at the stage of when we were discussing about the early when we were trying to find pmf mm-hmm. back then right because back then the same thing is that you have a small team you're shipping out this you're unwrapping everything right. how do you get your focus and build a completely different product and try to market that as well Right? Right, right when i said today right now you'll like it in a couple of months because the thing is if you go to for example demo.dine.io as well what you'll mm-hmm. see is that you know you can play around with the video calling tool you can play around with the live streaming tool you can play around with a bunch of other things there's like a clone right. there's a huddle there's a facetime if you go in our blogs you'll actually find building like a video interviewing platform with dite with a guide and a sample app right building mm-hmm. abc features with dite adding this to a dite like you know an experience like building a telehealth app with dite so absolutely yeah, what you said building like, sample apps exactly that will help do that today and we do content around it also but like that's also soon we are going to ship something out which is like kind of think of it like a marketplace or a hub where we built out a bunch of things over you know the last months like you know couple of months few months nice. at time of existence and we are building more towards that mm-hmm. i think so that's where as i said right like for us dev experience matters and like a core part documentation is definitely the number one step but mm-hmm. this follow on to that is kind of the sample apps that you have the the more variety and right use cases that you'll cover the easier you're going to make right so it goes back to our philosophy of making it really easy for developers and a dev center yeah. experience because <clears throat> if you have detailed sample apps you know open repos everything out there that makes it really easy for people to try out and build more and exactly what you said like now that variety effect because a developer loving a product at one place moves to a different company and then they mm. introduce it right there yeah, is something exactly. that we've seen happen like a bunch of times already now right mm. and today we are at a stage i think where we can say that these things will start kicking in for our next stage of growth so i do agree that's why i said like you know finding a pmf at every stage is very different yeah, today we different. definitely <laughs> look at those hacks and we do and as i said right that's happened and that's what we are really proud of that the fact that a developer moved to a different company and really loved the experience enough to bring it there mm. and you know we were like pleasantly surprised every time this happens right and I, that that's kind of like a like a pmf signal because even taken super superhuman terms right like the the pf pmf guide they built uh, the same thing like if if your customers taking the product with them wherever they they're going that's a, that's i yeah. think you know biggest signal you can get uh let's sw- switch gears a little bit man first thing i have to acknowledge this you never sounded like a developer in the last 50 plus minutes of this conversation like you sounded more of like you know not not labeling or anything but you you have this wide spectrum of doing things in a startup right which i feel is is very impressive i have to acknowledge that you were thinking from a growth standpoint you're thinking from like true true product standpoint sometimes like you know builders they just get into their own bubble and they didn't like think about all the other things right so i i think i appreciate you know you for sharing all your thoughts your insights 
how you went through the whole journey and you know appreciate that just before we move on to the funding no, no. piece if, thank you so much and if it even gives you some comfort i probably not coded in i don't know two plus years now so <laughs> yeah i am i am actually no longer a developer per se and oh. to be fair my co-founders are like way way better at it uh, right. uh, i mean today I, i probably most of my team is better at it than me but right. i think even back then uh, my co-founders were way better at me and they still are so good uh, if you're hiring people happy. who are better than you that means that's a great sign <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yes cool so let's talk about the funding base uh, before we dive into the big ticket item which is uh, by this time the episode goes live diet is going to launch an exciting thing which i feel abhishek should talk about but uh, yeah let's talk about the funding piece how did you end up being close to raising like 12 million dollars that's a massive round <laughs> so uh, i think i started this right like uh, when you asked this question that how did you know bmf or uh, early adoption or whatever uh, you know that love this is how we knew it because we had inbound interest because our customers who use the product loved it so much that they went and boasted about it to their investors and that's how everything oh. got together right so that's mm. one second i mean timing right uh, fundraising mm. is also a lot about how well you are able to engage mm. someone in the story and the vision because you frankly at the stage we were at you don't have a lot to show in terms of as a company you're early right so you right. need to be able to get bring conviction to people it's the same when you're hiring the team you have to convince them that they are a part of a rocket ship which we truly believe yes they are and right. that's what everyone else should feel like when they associate with you and i think that played a very important part being able mm-hmm. to run a diet process right we were we knew when we were going to market we knew we were not going to engage before that and we knew that we'll put a timeline to it and stop it there right or uh, not get into the loop of hey keep doing on because think about it at the numbers we were raising we might as well get stuck into the loop what if slightly more you know how about make that 11.6 around about 12 how about make that 12 around about whatever 15 right and right. there's this deadly process that you get stuck into uh so those couple of things definitely help right but the biggest part was that our customers became mm-hmm. our such strong advocates that that was a natural thing second as i said right like the fact that people were moving out months of production products to a new thing out of people with zero network right like it was not a you know hey i know this person so try it out it was purely that we saw this we liked it and we are loving the experience right that was the other part that that natural inclination of fusing it showed that there's genuinely a problem there we were able mm-hmm. to bring like you know a massive delta in the experience right uh, if you go to competition even today most of them have like thousands of lines of code for setting up a basic sample to people calling up and with us it's like less than 10 lines or five lines you know how mm-hmm. do you want to define lines that yeah. for that matter <laughs> forgetting the marketing bit but yeah it's like genuinely you know drastically drastically low mm. effort today um the kind of things that we shipped out uh, we were and the kind of plan that we had uh, and I'm, i'm happy to tell you that we've been able to execute a lot of the vision that we had about how we'll be mm. and where we'll be in that journey in terms of the product the experience and the kind of dev experience overall uh, over right. the next let's say two years when we were raising right and that's how actually all of it played out and then i think goes back to my initial point that we had discussed that luck definitely plays a big factor right uh, mm. right place right time uh, so there are things that you can do which i just told you like you know, run the process well know when to go don't get lured into that uh, 
in a loop of continuous raising. Don't over glamorize it and all of that. And then after that, get back to work because yep. there's only so much you can do, right? And then yep. leave the rest to it. And that's how it worked. And I think the other part for us has always been that we were never chasing fundraising. We mm. never for people was, who believe. I was about to ask that because when you say it's pure timing and your head's down building this, I was about to ask like, does that the fundraising isn't even part of your strategy, right? You're you're so focused on this. It is, but when we say there's a difference between chasing was okay. So when I say chasing, I mean things like we want to raise like an X amount of dollars at this right. high valuation so that we can do a PR around it. Um, right. To be fair, we had raised that amount that you heard about long back. We announced that amount much later because that's when we wanted to launch Tide to the world and TechTrends definitely gives a very good platform for visibility, right? So for us, it was never about chasing that number and that valuation, right? To be fair, we had one of the largest seed rounds in our batch and I think by an Indian YC company till then, right? So those things do play into, uh, like come into picture when you look at things like this. But what happened was that for us, it was never that glamour chase. And I think um, some companies Mm -hmm. do need to keep raising drastically to stay in business. There are kind of that businesses that you need. It's a winner takes all. And there are companies like us, which can work with certain amount, but longer time cycle, which work with like more amount and be able to reduce the time cycle because you can hire more people. You can build a better team. You can do 20 more things. Right. And for us, it was always that we knew Mm -hmm. that we would continue building if we raise a million, if we raise 10, if we don't raise. Right. So Mm -hmm. we had like, there's this thing, Internally, YC has this ABC plan. Uh, I mean, we had that pre-YC itself uh, that there's about how, if we have to build it for a year, can we do it? If we have to build it without anyone ever backing us, can we do it? So things like mm-hmm. that, right? The decision, you should be able to have a path with all of those. So that's why I think that for us, that, you know, timing, the way the product feedback was, knowing when you're strongest in the market right now, being able mm-hmm. to, close it quickly, not getting stuck in that loop. All of these play a picture into it. And yeah, that those things definitely helped us raise the, you know, seed round that we did. Awesome. And how did you get Ryan Hoover on the board? <laughs> I have to ask this as, as a, as someone who I really admire him and closely worked with him when I was at product hunt, I have to ask, how did you, <laughs> how did you get him? <laughs> so the true answer is it, it was, I think, uh, old email where I'll tell you what had happened was there's demo day, right? So, okay. We had actually gotten investors prior to demo day. We had kind of like closed everything. So we were not raising on demo day. So what we did was we converted our demo day into more of a product showcase pitch because the idea was that people watch demo day. They might have customers. They might have companies, whoever, right? Like in the circle. This is YC demo day, right? Yeah. 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 So we did Mm -hmm. that. And then we got an inbound, uh, I think interest about a meeting or something from Ryan. Um, mm. and that's how we started, uh, about like, you know, uh, I think, sorry, we, we got that inbound interest from a bunch of other angels. Sorry about that. Like I, I, and then one of the angels uh, was like, Hey, do you want other angels on the cap table? And we're like, yeah, one of, uh, you know, one of the angels that we would love to have is Ryan. And he's like, I can shoot an intro. Uh, mm. so it was a cold outreach intro where he's like, Hey, this is the company. Do you think you want to talk? And we ended up chatting and nice. yeah, that, that's how we got it. Like one of our angels who saw us on demo day, uh, came on the cap table, right. uh, introduced us to Ryan and that was just like, 
So Ryan actually wanted to come on from like a fund perspective. By then he was running weekend fund, but yeah, as yeah. I said, right, we had closed around to like a proper this thing. So we only had certain allocation for angels, and we were like, um, the only way we can get you on the cap table is as an individual person because your fund won't meet the targets of both the amount and ownership. Right. Uh, as an angel, you can like reduce that amount because for us the problem was we didn't want to raise more. It was oh, the yeah. other problem, which is a good problem to have. But yeah, that we didn't yeah, want yeah. to raise beyond a certain level because. We'd already said things, right? So that's how we ended up raising from Ryan. Nice, yeah. Ryan's a great guy, and you know, oh, he is glad he's on the on, on the team. Uh, <clears throat> so, one one thing I want to ask, uh, which is like kind of like a typical question, but I want to also like see how you think about it before we talk about the upcoming uh, launch that is doing. How do you handle competition? Like in this space, you said. You know, there are so many opportunities that are popping up given post-COVID. There are like tons of, even I pitched you an idea before even this call, right? So these things like keep on chiming in and we all crave for a simplified SDK, right? In this space, I feel like it's a hard space. How do you keep up with competition and what do you do differently? So there's, there's two types of competition, right? There's one that is like existing companies, right? The massive ones, which are already there. Uh, mm-hmm. For them, we know that they're not companies like who can change everything today. I mean, you built a product, you have a base of customers, you have like certain revenue numbers, everything is there. It's really hard for you to just build a new product and ship everything out because by that logic, right. everything could have been built by Google or Amazon. Uh, so that's right. definitely not happening, right? There we know that, okay, they try to take inspiration from things for the lack of a better word, I'm going to call it inspiration and, you know, <laughs> put things there. But at the core of it, I, I mentioned, right, like when these companies were built, they were built around the idea of video first engineer, right? And today, changing that drastically to a way we have done, right, making it simplified, for them, they'd have to just keep adding layers on it. But at the end of the day, the core product is still that complex, right? So mm-hmm. essentially, that becomes a challenge for them. For the new age ones, right, we actually have defined a lot of things for the way things should be built. And we've seen people have actually take inspiration from that, adopt to that. So for mm-hmm. us, we've always believed that whatever you build, can probably be mimicked in a span of three to six months because, I mean, if we can do it, so can anyone else, right? Yep. Uh, we're not like special creatures who, who can do so drastically different things. Probably it's just about a matter of time, right? So right. for you as a company, you keep innovating further on the things that you're doing, right? Uh, right? You can't control the competition. And as I said, right, like people talk about this idea of defensibility mode. I think everything is built over time. Um when you start, you frankly have a different approach to a problem. You work on that, build some conviction around it. By the time people reach that stage, you're already like, you know, a couple steps ahead, like further in the right. journey. So right. that is where you have to have that innovator's mindset continuously, where you keep innovating, you keep adding on to what you built. And that over time builds defensibility. Like today, if someone has to start, they have to think about things like, you know, the kind of documentation we have, the kind of UI kit approach we have, the the you know simplified SDK, everything. And it's really hard for copying everything. But when we started this, people could have ripped off things and they, that happened. Yep. Like we did yep. have things that people just copied and put up there. And I'm talking about things like font colors and you know <laughs> the kind of messaging integrated in three steps, wow. like the most developer-friendly SDK. But that doesn't matter because at the end of the day, as I said, right? Like if people are copying you, that's good because you're going to define yeah, what they're going to copy next. So you keep focusing on that. Um, and as I said, it takes some time to get over it because when you start building, right, you get this really frustrating moment in early that, hey, 
this is what i thought of and then someone's just ripping it off it's okay mm. it's going to happen right i mean it's also a lot to remember that a lot of it will depend on the way you execute rather than what you're thinking and you know ideas have never become billion dollar companies it's the execution that follows so mm-hmm. uh that's what something like that i think we keep coming back to that we know that that's going to happen and it's good uh, at least we are being able to define how the industry moves forward that was something that we wanted to do eventually if we are able to do it early on by making people follow it great for us right so mm. i think that's something that definitely is uh, a good factor for us where we don't really worry about it too much uh that's so different <laughs> that's a different answer i i, I got from you about competition i feel accepting competition itself is is the way you do it right like you know in your words you basically accept it but the key piece and you don't you know shake or stumble they will rip off you whoever it is but at that point you will be on the next level yeah so that means it's just they catching up to you right like yeah. so as long as you have that conviction and confidence that okay i'm going to keep innovating i think people who don't have that conviction worry about competition right so i love that a lot and that's a very different answer i i feel like you know i have to practice and preach as well uh inside my mind and whenever i talk to like founders that's a great answer by the way uh yeah. love it uh let's talk about what you're building next right like the the amazing thing which i i'm so proud to like you know introduce to product hunt uh in in a week talk about like the live stk live streaming stk so as i said right we started we started with you know video calling purely two people calls like this and as we realized over time that overall like you know we'll keep expanding so on 18 july we're launching a live video streaming sdk right uh, which brings interactive live streaming at scale think of you know mm-hmm. 1 to million kind of use cases where what it makes like you know better today is that with one sdk you can get live calling as well as live streaming plus it's scalable it's you can you know play around with it customize it with ease mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. a couple of hours and you're done and you can deploy a prod ready product Mm. and you know it has the ability to switch between things like live call to a live stream to get people on the stage nice. all of the complex edge cases that you had to like think through build about mm. everything is already in build and you know as i said initially like stability is not something it's not a feature it's a bare minimum that is supposed to do similarly right. the other part of that for us has always been observability and analytics i mean the right. whole point of embedding things like this in your product is that you are owning the experience and truly right. owning the experience is not just about how it looks feels but also being able to get the kind of data that's relevant so right. all of that is done there out of the box don't have to do anything custom you know just go ahead go to product hunt check out use the code you'll get extra minutes uh come <laughs> you know upload us if you like the experience and you can get live awesome yeah i'm excited to like so do you have like anything on the road map for non technical folks to adapt diet uh because i have to ask this i want to like use diet for for some of the uh side projects i want to work on so just curious about that so we actually do have a bubble plugin already uh uh-huh. right it's like one of the you know widely used no code platforms um nice. 
we do plan to ship out a few more, you know, no code tools, no code platform plugins where you can just mm. create an account, use the API and the, everything else is already set up there. So mm. essentially we'll do that for both the live streaming as well. We'll be shipping that. And if you have recommendations for the platforms that you'd like to have this on, uh, mm. you know, I'd be happy to hear that and we can plan specific plugins for those as well. But yeah, Bubble we already have right now as well. That's that's great to hear, man. Like that that's uh, that's a sweet news for non-technical folks who are listening who wants like also adapt uh, video SDK. And I'm so excited, Abhishek. I feel like you know, uh, diet is here to stay, and you guys are really passionate about solving the problem, which is making the video better, right? And given the age we live in, remote has becoming so popular. Everybody's moving. Nobody's living in SF, by the way. Everybody's <laughs> moving in different cities. And, you know, uh, I, I, I live in Atlanta and I've, I've had so many calls with so many people just because this, this thing is enabling it. And that thing, you're making it better and improving on top of it, right? So I'm, I'm excited for diet and I'm so, like, you know, bullish on you guys. And you, you seem very clear, uh, very conviction oriented person uh, like as a founder so any closing thoughts and any tips for founders who are listening like any any not general but anything that that you want to say hey do this in the right way uh, or you done something wrong and you want to pass it on to others i think one of the things is definitely that you know uh, when you start doing something give it time so that you know, mm. don't, don't be extremely impatient, but mm. uh, I'm, I'm also not saying that keeps logging at it for, you know, like if you're trying to push a wall single handedly, it's not going to happen, but give it enough time for things to play out. And mm. besides that, see, anything I say will be a very generic statement. So I think it's not like very useful, but if, you know, people want feedback, I'm happy to, you know, help with specific custom feedback i usually also review ic applications every now and then whenever i can get time because nice. we had help and that's why we are where we are and as i said right early on as well that you that's one way to give back that you give time yeah, uh, forward. I mean, yeah and, and you should and happy to do that uh one last thing i would say is that like if you do believe in something if you have conviction uh don't go out looking for reasons not because you'll find like hundreds of them. Uh, mm. Try to work through better. Uh, I mean, you know, I, people always say that you should know why it will fail. Yes, you should know. But, you know, I think a lot of people end up getting into that trap that they think of an idea and then they think like, hey, I don't feel this problem on a personal level. What you mentioned yourself, you know, early on mm -hmm. that. Or, hey, I feel that people say that this is like a half-hearted thing. and Because at the end of the day, you have to give your time and, you know, your opportunity cost. So as long as you have conviction, I would say that, yes, you should give it a shot because it's better to do it and regret in my opinion, than always regretting the what if part of it. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and lastly, just probably apply for, you know, I mean, not apply, but like fill up the YC application. It will give mm. you a great sense of clarity, especially if you're in early days. And I think it's something that you can do at any stage of the company, especially right. the kind of questions are very relevant. Till date, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. probably, I'm sure they'll probably be relevant. Like when we are 10x from here as well. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a great advice. I, I, I never heard of that before, you know, fill up YC application, no matter what you apply or not, 
i think it's the clarity is really important than getting into ic right so if you have that core clarity you'll get, get clarity exactly the core idea is get I, clarity it's not about getting into yeah. ic but essentially wherever you are uh, clarity of thought is really important mm-hmm. i love that well i think we can go for another hour or two but <laughs> i want to yeah. like stop it because of i want to uh, also give you, give you time to like you know take take some rest you had like a long day i can assume but this has been a great insightful conversation and i love the story and you know i had like so many goosebumps moments in this you know last 1 hour or 20 minutes but yeah this was fun abhishek and guys please go check out live streaming stk from diet it's 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 about to launch you know when this podcast goes live and i'm so honored and you know so proud to actually present that this product to product hunt community and yeah that's it and uh, see you guys for the next next episode till then you know stay healthy stay hungry and stay foolish all right cheers bye